This is the Raw and Radical Woman in the Arts podcast, and I am your host, Noren Broadbeck. In each episode, we explore the mechanisms of identity, vulnerability, authenticity, empowerment, and social change through conversations with inspiring women who are making history and challenging the status quo in both the art world and in society. We talk about their real-life challenges and celebrate cis and transgender women so that you can be inspired, empowered, take action, and further your critical understanding about what it means to be a woman in the arts. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today, I am speaking with Camille Morino. She's the co-founder and director of AWARE, Archives of Women Artists, Research and Exhibitions, which is a French non-profit organization dedicated to the creation, indexation and distribution of information on women artists of the 20th century. She has worked for 20 years in public cultural institutions in France, including 10 years as a curator of the contemporary collections at the Musée National d'Art Moderne, Centre Georges Pompidou in Paris. She has curated numerous exhibitions there, including Yves Klein in 2006, Gerhard Richter in 2012, Roy Liechtenstein in 2013, and The Hanging Elle at Centre Pompidou from 2009 to 2011, dedicated solely to female artists from the collection of the museum. She has also curated several exhibitions as an independent curator, including Nikit Saint-Fal at RMN Grand Palais in Paris in 2004 and Guggenheim Bilbao in 2006, Ceramics from Rodin to Chute about the use of ceramics by artists of the 20th and 21st century at Bonafontaine Museum Maastricht in 2015 and La Maison Rouge, Fondation Antoine de Galbert with Manufacture de Sèvres in Paris in 2016. From 2016 to 2019, she was the director of exhibitions and collection at Monet de Paris, where she has created exhibitions such as Woman House, also shown at the National Museum of Women in the Arts in Washington in 2017 and 2018, and Kiki Smith in 2019 to 2020. I am happy to welcome her to the show. Hello, Camille. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. I was wondering if you can talk about what made you decide to create AWARE. Yes, uh, it was actually nearly 10 years ago. Um, I was working in Centre Pompidou and I was walking through the permanent collection rooms and wondering about the very weak proportion of women artists shown. Yeah. They were 10% maximum of the collection. And so I made a little research into our storage and realized that we had so many women artists, which uh, we were completely unknown at the time. Mm. So I proposed to the director of the museum to do uh, something that was at the time really um, completely weird, which was to just show women artists in the permanent collection. So it, meant, uh, it meant at the time to push away all the men artists in the collection. Yeah. So to say, listen, um, why not, but prove me that it's possible, prove me that we have enough women artists, enough interesting work to do that, uh, and do that fast because I'm in a hurry. So I worked crazy for two weeks and came up with a plan. 
that showed that we indeed had enough women artists in the storage to have a beautiful uh, show. Yes. But first, it was decided to do a pretty short, a few months uh, of this show. It was called Elle at Centre Pompidou. Yeah. But it lasted actually two years. We had uh, two million and a half visitors. So not only had I discovered that there were so many unknown artists, amazing artists, but also that there were a lot of visitors, a lot of people interested by the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these two things are really important. On the one side, the fact that there is a lot of unknown artists, but also that it's the moment um, that um, people are ready to, to be interested. So it was 10 years ago. And I think even then, uh, things have changed a lot and there is more and more interest in these questions today. So the interest have grown since. So that was in uh, 2009, 2010. The show traveled to uh, US and to Brazil. And um, I wanted to keep on uh, doing research in the museum to do a research center within Centre Pompidou. But it proved too difficult because the museum had other priorities and and I think just didn't have the energy to do yeah. that. So I left the museum and created a non-profit called AWARE, A-W-A-R-E, like Archive of Women Artists Research and Exhibition. Yeah. So that, uh, that's the story more or less. Excellent. It's a wonderful story because the show was really successful and this led to this. And I love your platform. I think it's so well made. It's so well explained. It's easy to understand for people that don't especially really know art really deeply and very well. And people can discover art and women artists in, in this very simple and well explained way and have different access points. And I was wondering, what's what's your vision and what are the most important goals you have with AWARE? Well, as you say, uh, AWARE has two, um, two objectives to address the academics. Mm. Uh, people who are really art historians, specialists, I mean, students, teachers at the university level. But we also want to address everybody, uh, people who don't know anything about art, who are really not specialists. We're just curious about uh, the place of women in the world in general. And being an artist is like it's one of the of the jobs. Uh, it's just it's just a job where uh, if you're known when you work, you're completely lost in the history. Yeah. So it's a very very symbolical um, job. So the the objective of AWARE is to address these two publics, a very large public, but also a public of academics. And of course, the other uh, goal is to continue the research and show more and more of these amazing artists and to uh, demonstrate in a way like a mathematical uh, demonstration that there's not only, let's say, five or ten important women artists, Mm. which is most people think they can usually name five maximum 10 10 names we have actually more than i think it's 650 biographies of artists and i think we could have easily 10 times this number so it's it's huge it's a huge information that got lost between the mid 19th century and today so um i'm proving with numbers um really that that history has been very unfair to women Artists, but to women in general. I mean, that is also true for women. I would say in the um, in applied art, but also in music, mm. in literature, 
workers. So that, that could be applied to a lot of creative domains where women have been present, have been working, but have also been completely forgotten. And could you explain the fact that when there are no real traces of women in history, this really affects our society? Yes, um, in a very simple way. Before being an art historian, I was an historian, and um, historians work with archives. If you want to write a true history, a fair history, you have to work with the true archive. You have to have the right archive. So the problem with women is that these archives about them is usually lost. Um, History has been written by men about men, Mm -hmm. and that's from very early centuries and centuries ago. And the fact that we don't have any information about how women lived, what were they thinking, what were they creating, what were their day-to-day life, is really affecting our vision of the world. Mm. That goes for a lot of other domains than just art. Of course, course, so we have a vision of a gendered world. Half of the information is lost, is missing, and I think even at the political level or the sociological level, or even, let's say, for medicine, for example, um, it's a very good example because most of medical stuff or gesture or, or chemicals uh, were designed by men for men, hmm. although the woman body is very different. Yeah. So I would say that this lack of information on women affects every aspect of society. And in terms of art, it completely uh, affects our vision of art. Uh, We have a vision, for example, of art seen through the male gaze. So everything that is um, to know about, for example, men desire for women, heterosexual desire, we have zero information about how women desire men because we have so little information about them, about women artists. So um, I think there's a lot of the world that we don't know because we don't have these representations done by women that would inform our vision of the world. And this probably affects a lot the way our society works uh, between men, women and all this. Yes, because uh, that information would be also useful for men. I'm not talking about women. I mean, that that would inform both of the gender. Uh, that would probably make them um, make it easier for them to work together also. Yeah. So it would have a lot of consequences. That information goes widely. I mean, um, that, yeah, that everybody gets it. And yeah. that's why, yeah. uh, as you uh, very wisely said, we're trying to give some specific information to everybody, yeah. to everybody, including student, if including young children, um, so that we really um, address everybody. Yeah. And so when you do those research and create biographies, how difficult it is for you to uh, go look for information? Or is it still readily available? Or how hard it is to make a biography on a woman artist? In, in general, it's much harder to find the info on women artists. So we have uh, we also designed some kind of tools for for research, hmm. and it's uh, difficult to yeah to in, to access even written um, publication. I mean, there's very few publications on women artists in general. So we have to go to so sometimes oral sources, to go to the family, to go to um, friends. I mean. 
It's the way we do research sometimes looks like we say enquête policière. Police investigation. Right. Police investigation. Yeah, we're closer to police investigation than, than academic research. <laughs> oh, that's a good parallel. It's, it's funny. And um, so can you talk about the different access points you have? Uh, on the on the website because aware is mainly on the website i know we can also come yeah. and make an appointment and this is this is really this is really great but you organized a different access point and can yeah. you for example you have thematic roots and you have the podcast woman house yes we have um, a very simple access by the names of the artists but you can also access by country Uh, by um, a period of time, mm. right? Mm. By a technique, if you're looking to sculpture, for example, you can access by subject, let's say portrait or a self-portrait. Um, but there is also these new entries where you can just, um, in, in a way, navigate uh, the website. If you're not a specialist, you can go through a general question like why, why have there been no great women artists? Mm is a very simple answer that takes you to the website or uh, who are the women in the avant-garde yeah. or that good question and you can navigate through the website. We also designed, um, yes, a, a podcast that is more about literature yeah. to expand a little bit the territory of aware uh, to different arts. So there is also sound. And also, more recently, we have images. We did this little animation for children. Yes, they are great. Small stories of great art yeah. that um, young children and their teachers can access also information. And usually, um, I mean, a lot of adults also love them because it's, they're simple and it's short time and they give a lot of info. True, yeah. Look at these colorful lines. They probably make you think of a carpet and you're right, but it's also a work of art. The artist who created it, Annie Albers, thought that you could hang a woven carpet on the wall as if it were a painting. If you look closely at all of the colors, all of the layers of thread, the reliefs created, you will discover how Annie Albers transformed weaving into an artistic practice. Each unique weaving is made of abstract and geometric motifs. Annie Albers was born at the beginning of the 20th century in Germany. At a very young age, she became fascinated by the visual arts. Annie wanted to become an artist and experiment with all kinds of techniques. She studied at the famous Bauhaus School. At the weaving department, the only one open to women without any restrictions. The Bauhaus was not only a school but also a true artistic movement based on architecture. It highlighted what we call applied arts, or the arts used to create chairs, tables, lamps, as well as tapestries. This was an excerpt from the story of Annie Albers from Little Stories of Great Woman Artists, an animated series created and produced by AWARE. During the, the confinement, a lot of artists were in a difficult economical situation, so we wanted to help them. So we had different levels of commissions to, uh, to women artists. Uh, one of them um, was just announced. We, with the French government, we, we launched a great uh, commission for 10 women performers. 
so, and we had a jury, we had uh, like 400 applicants. It was really difficult to choose. And these commissions will be published on the website. Um, yeah, we, so we've, we've expanded, I mean, the, the role of AWARE, again, starting from the academic world to a much broader public. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's, it's very well made. And of course, it's in English. Yes, that's, uh, it's in English. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm guessing you can see that there is a direct link between the value that is assigned to women artists as opposed to men artists to the, the importance of the information. Absolutely. Uh, yes, this is something I, I really believed in and that needed to be demonstrated. But it's very clear that the more information you have on an artist, the more valuable he's going to be on the market. Mm, mm. Uh, let's say the best example is Gerhard Richter, one of the most expensive artists in the world. Yeah. Richter started his catalogue raisonné uh, very early on. And as, um, as he was developing his career, he did more and more catalogue raisonné. And this is something that women artists couldn't do. They, they usually didn't have a gallery, didn't have money to do that, didn't have time. Yeah. So they never could do that catalogue raisonné of their work, which is the best tool to have a, a good value on the market because then you know what you're buying for, for one thing. And also you have more publication on you. A lot of critics, art historians yeah. can get information on your work. They can uh, create a narrative about your work. Mm -hmm. Lack of catalogue raisonné, this lack of publication on art is so many reasons that explains that women artists today uh, have a lot less value than men. I mean, they're basically a lot cheaper. Mm. The more we have, we give information, the more we publish information, the more that information is shared uh, and is multiplied, the more show they, they are, the more galleries they show them, the more value they will get. Yeah. That, and value is very important for women artists to also be visible. Yeah, yeah, of course. So do you think that now the art market is changing towards this? Or is there a shift or is it still the same? What do you see? Oh, there is a shift. There is a shift. And it's, it's really recent. There have been a few articles, uh, I think, just right before the summer, saying that um, women artists were the best investment Uh, today, uh, because um, usually when you buy them, uh, the price is low, but the price can go twice or 10 times very, very quickly. Like you, you just did one retrospective, one good publication, mm. and then the prices goes up. Their work is amazing, is very radical, is as good as the men work. So it's just a good investment, really. And that shift is going on absolutely right now. I mean, now galleries are looking for women artists, for historical women artists. They're promoting their work. Yeah. Sometimes even the gallery, the research, the academic research that hasn't been done. So it's a very interesting moment. Oh, great. In the podcast La Poudre, you mentioned something that is very interesting to me, which is that you want to provoke a revolution of knowledge and um, to place back women in history at the right place. How can each of us, women artists, women in the art, help and participate to this revolution of knowledge? Well, first of all, to be frank, um, um, please mention AWARE <laughs> to everybody. I mean, yes. um, I mean the, 
yeah, the, the, the podcast, the, the bloggers, influencers, have, and any journalist are important of, for us because we are the only website uh, doing the work. Yes, yeah. And yeah, we need art historians, we need um, people interested to write. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge job. Yeah. It's, it's an em enormous job, really. Um, it's not a few names again. It's, it's thousands of names that we have to dig, literally, uh, to find out, to redefine, find photos. And so it's a, it's a collective work, yeah. a pretty international web, but we need more and more people to help. Okay. So please, uh, yes, talk about us and, and join, join the group and join the revolution. For sure, for sure. I have a feeling these days that there is a, a lot more people that want to connect, uh, a lot of women that want to connect. And this, I don't know, I, I have felt this since the confinement and I feel like there's a shift and that it's really good. No, I agree, I agree. Uh, confinement um, made people more political in many ways. I had that feeling too. But thought about uh, what's important, and a lot of them uh, decided that they would commit to more um, social or political causes. Yeah, this is great. So you have worked with many women in your career, and do you believe that the way women represent themselves to the world or talk about themselves uh, to people and talk about their work is different than men? And do you think that if so, this is maybe a reason uh, why we are more um, discreet in a way in the art world? Well, I, first of all, I don't think their work is different, right? There's not a yeah. part of, uh, of, of the art, but um, I would say that it's not so much that they're discreet, but they, they didn't have the time. I mean, if you have to, um, to take care of the children, to take care of your house, If you have to work hard to be heard, to have to find a critic, to find a gallery, this is all about time, really. I mean, how much time do you have left um, to promote your work? Yeah. And th that time of promotion, the, ne the woman never had it and they still don't really have it. And that is crucial for an artist to have time to promote his work. Yes. And the men always time the one the one never had the time so it's just really a matter of how you organize your day and how much time do you keep to promote your work yeah so this is we need to think about and a lot of the women artists i know uh, a lot of them still don't have a gallery and they ask for me to help them but i mean i don't have the time to do that uh, yeah yeah an agency to help women to find a gallery or something like that But that's, you know, that's usually what they're missing. I mean, a good artist needs to have a good gallery to promote the work, to give it value, etc. So that's a very important step. Mm. Um, but finding a gallery is just, you know, you have to take the time to do it. You have to do a, a book, etc., etc. So Yeah, it's quite a job. Yeah. And do you believe that education in a general way uh, still uh, creates a gap in gender? Or do you think it's really changing now with new generations? I think, I think the art school is very, I think most of them are really, um, let's say, giving the same education to men and women now. So I don't think that's the problem. It's really more like after the art school, what's going on? And um, the fact that women artists don't have as many galleries are the men artists. That's really the mm. 
the important step, I would say. And how, how do you think a woman could be more present in museums and collection? Is it through the galleries or is it new avenues? The galleries, they really do need the galleries. The galleries are supposed to do that job. And um, yeah, I think that's the problem. The main problem is that or the, the, the critics, I mean, they, sh they need more text written about their work. There's also the question of geography that uh, we've been, I mean, what is really difficult today is to dig in uh, the history of women artists in Africa, for example. Yeah, yeah. And this is um, one of the objectives we have in uh, AWARE, is to really also be very international and explore the question of race that has been also a, a terrible obstacle for, for women artists that added itself to the uh, to yeah. obstacle of being a woman. So that's also something that is very important for us. And the question of queer, um, I mean, what's being a woman today and um, how much also queerness affected the history of women artists. Yeah. That's another um, research that we're doing now. Oh, it's interesting, yeah. Two big questions maybe for next discussion. Yes, of course, with pleasure, yeah. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time and congratulations on what you do. I really, really am a big fan. Thank you for your interest. And oh, Of course. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, you know what to do now. Go check out the website of AWARE. There are amazing things in there, amazing stories, amazing explorations to do, amazing artists. And if you feel like it and you have the time, help him out. This podcast is supported by Pro Helvetia, the Swiss Arts Council. Thanks a lot to them for believing in us. Thanks for listening to Raw and Radical Women in the Arts podcast. Learn more about our featured artists and sign up for news and updates by visiting our website rawradical.com. Please consider leaving us a comment and review on your preferred podcast listening platform to help others discover the show and take part in this global dialogue. I am Maureen Broadbeck, and until next time, keep the dream alive. Woman. Woman.